Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. The trap of offense. And I really felt like after a couple things that even took place this week that the Lord wanted me to continue talking on this subject. And uh, so this is part two of the trap of offense. I uh, had a discussion with a woman this week that um, her and her husband, um, her husband's a pastor, and um, they've been married for 30 years. And um, in this last year, her her husband divorced her. And she's very heartbroken over just the whole situation and how it happened. And, and I said, wow. I said, you know, this, this last week, I, I just... I just spoke to the church on, you know, overcoming offenses because I said offenses happen a lot of times, but it's a trap when we, when we take the bait. And she says, you know, that's exactly what happened to my husband. Early on in our marriage, we found out that I couldn't have a baby. And uh, so we adopted and um, beautiful, beautiful little girl. And um, she's my pride and joy. But I never could. I never could give him a um, a baby, and he got offended over that. And um, in the last five years of their lives together, she realized he was really getting um, different, irritable, upset all the time. She could never do anything right. It kept getting worse and worse. Her daughter came to her one day and says, "You know what, Mom?" Dad's not the same anymore. He's not the same. And the next thing you know, um, he ends up declaring to her that he he wanted a divorce and he left her. And um, and now she's really trying to you know pull things together and keep keep the family together, her and her daughter. But she says, you know what? The very thing that caused us to separate was that he had an offense in my heart because I could not give him a baby. And the issue with an offense is that when we take the bait, an offense is bait that Satan puts in your way. And when we take the bait, it basically entraps us. And the offense, little as it might be in the early stages, morphs itself and grows into something bigger than you realize. It grows into hatred. It grows into anger. It grows into revenge. It can grow into jealousy. But it takes on a life of its own, and it really can entrap you to where you're not able to forgive the other person. And so, you know, we all want to reach our uh, and experience the life that God has given us. He's all called us with the purpose to reach our potential. But there are actually people that are walking today that you know that will not reach their potential that God has called them to. They will fall short of it. And I think we can all capture that in one word. Why? It's called offense. It's called offense. And in that it is something that is 
the enemy's effort to where he, he traps you and you don't even know it. See, that's, that's the difficult thing about an offense is that some people are trapped and they don't even know that they're trapped. They don't even know that they're in the offense. They think that in some ways they're justified for how they feel. And they feel like in some ways they're indebted by the other person to, you know, do something to make it right. But they don't realize that they've actually taken on an offense. The Greek word for offend comes from the word scandalon. This, this is where we get the word scandal. Okay, And this word originally refers to the part of the trap to which the bait was attached. You get that? It's the part of the trap where the bait is put on. So in this, this is the devil's tool to put before you, hoping that you'll take the bait, and then he traps you. So so I can kind of illustrate this point. I have a trap. And this part of the trap is signifying the offense. That's what it means of offense, the part of the trap that gets you. So in that, and you can also see it's yellow, so it's a, it's a, like an indicator, so it lures in also. Not only does the little mouse get to, you know, smell a little peanut butter or cheese, He's also lured in because of the color yellow. So he's brought into it. It's kind of like, you know, you're fly fishing. You got a strike indicator. You got a big old woolly burger. That's the, that's the one that attracts the, the, the trout in. But really, you have the little morsel of the nymph about nine inches down from it, from your uh, strike indicator. So in that, this is what the enemy puts before you. It's baited. It, it smells good. It looks good. And so in that, he's putting it before you because he's hoping, he's hoping that you'll take the bait. So you get near it, you're like, oh, that tastes so, oh, yeah, ah. And the next thing you know, (laughs) you're stuck. And you don't realize it, but he's just got you. And that what it, this is what it means to be entrapped with an offense. He gets you. Now, I could have got a, a rat trap, and it would have been a lot more dramatic. I mean, it would have broke the pin, I think. I've heard of somebody using a rat trap before. And uh, in that, he gets you. So, um, you know what I was struck by this week? is when Jesus was on the cross and he was hanging there and he looked down on the crowd, one of the last few words that he says is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That was an incredible statement because I want you to realize and understand the crowd that was before him as he was hanging there on the cross, what did Jesus see? What made him say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What was he seeing at that very moment? Well, the first thing he was seeing 
is that the Roman soldiers were gambling for his clothes. They were gambling. The criminals on the crosses on either side of him were hurling insults at him. You had the people blaspheming him. And you had the religious leaders mocking him. If you are the Christ, the son of the living God, why does somebody got to text me in the middle of my mess? <laughs> Just kidding. So in that, I'm like, he was facing a whole lot at that moment. Looking down on this crowd, this, I would say, unworthy lot of people, he says, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Jesus was exercising and modeling the exact same thing that you and I are to do. When we're facing situations, when there's things that have happened in our life from other people, and we might get offended with them because of certain actions, but you know, we do not know what's going on really in the life of that person that that caused the offense. There are so many things in the backdrops of people's lives that you don't know fully what motivated them to do certain things. So he says, Father, forgive them. So forgiveness is a big word. It's a big word. So what does it mean to forgive? What does it mean? I mean, we could look up Webster's Dic Dictionary and, and, get, and get a nice definition. But some, in some ways, I don't know if that would capture even what forgiveness really. Well, you know what? We could ask Siri. Siri knows everything. So let's ask Siri. Let's ask Siri what forgiveness is. Siri. Yes? What is the definition of forgive? Forgive means stop feeling angry or resentful toward someone or an offense, flaw. Or a mistake. Are you a follower of Jesus? I'm like, did you just hear what she just said? I want to play that again. I like that. Come on, Siri. Siri knows everything. Okay. Let's do that again. Siri. Sorry. There's nothing to repeat. <laughs> Siri. Go ahead. What is the definition of forgive? Stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone else for an offense. Wow. So we now know what forgiveness means. Stop. Stop it. She said, stop it. Stop feeling resentful towards someone because of an offense, flaw, or what was the other thing she said? Mistake. Stop it. Siri, I mean, she, she might be a Christian. I don't know. But that's the definition. Stop feeling angry or resentful so, towards somebody that has offended you. 
That's forgiveness. Mark 11, 25, verse 26 says this, and whatever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. You know, when Jesus speaks, he really wants us to take him seriously. He really wants us to take him at his word. When he says something to us, he means it. So if he says, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them of their trespasses or their offense. If you do not forgive, I will not forgive you of your trespasses or sin. You know, a lot of times when we say something, you can almost at times hear people say, oh, well, I didn't really mean that. I didn't mean to say that. Although it was like a sword in your side. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. You know, really, I didn't. Well, you know what? When Jesus says something, he means it. So we ought to listen to what he's saying in not getting offended at someone else for what they've done in our lives. You know, I, I was really struck this week. I shared with Eliza, you know, I was reading through the scriptures and and um, I was struck by what delivered Jesus to the cross. Now, you know, he was motivated by sin. He was motivated by love to bear our sin on the cross. And also it was the Father's will that he go to the cross. But I want to read a scripture that even brings it into full picture of the reason he was delivered to the cross. Romans 4.25 it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. What delivered Jesus to the cross was the offenses that the people had toward Jesus. An offense releases hell. An offense is very evil. And it was because of the offenses of the people is what delivered Jesus to be nailed to the cross. So whenever offense occurs, uh, a debt is owed. You know, when somebody's really offended, you know, you'll hear them say, hey, you owe me. You owe me something. Grovel and just crawl in the dirt and beg for forgiveness. But forgiveness is like the cancellation of a debt. The scripture says in Colossians 2.13 through verse 14 in the New Living uh, Translation, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us, and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. He canceled the debt. You know, the debt that we were forgiven of was unpayable. There was no way 
that we could pay back the debt of our sin. There were, it, was, it was an enormous amount, unpayable. There was no way that we could pay back so that in some way we, we owed him. So God gave us salvation as a gift through his son, Jesus. There was no way we could pay it. God knew it, and he gave it, gave salvation to us, gave us hope through his son, Jesus, for paying the full debt of our sin. But why is it so important for us to not get offended? Obviously, because the first thing is that we want our sins to be forgiven of. We need to forgive. But the second reason is 2 Corinthians 6.3. Let's look at that. 2 Corinthians 6.3. Giving no cause, giving no cause for offense in anything so that the ministry will not be discredited. Giving no cause for an offense in anything so that the ministry will not be discredited. But here's really a warning to us. To anyone that gets offended over a situation in life, it has the potential of discrediting your ministry, your life, your very purpose in life. It has the ability, an offense, to to render in some ways ineffective your ministry before Jesus. When a person gets offended, what it does is, if not repented of, and you've gotten yourself out of the trap, an offense turns into bitterness. And I heard someone say this week very well, bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. That's what it is. Romans 18, 19 says this, it is easier to conquer a strong city than to win back a friend whom you have offended. Come on. Their walls go up, making it nearly impossible to win them back. You know, over the years, honestly, I I have been really perplexed at people that, that, I have offended that I don't see them really much anymore in my life. And I don't intentionally go about life trying to just offend people. That's not my purpose. I don't want to just walk around and see how much I can just offend everybody around me. But I know that my, my, my awareness of my actions at times has offended people. And then sometimes not even knowing that I did anything wrong, offended somebody. You know, it might have been that I'm wearing my shirt out and I didn't put it, tuck it in and wear a belt. I mean, come on, I don't know. But whatever it might be, over the years, I've offended people. But the common denomination or the common denominator with all of this is that almost every one of those people, it is so difficult to win them back as a friend in my life. How many people... Have you gotten offended with or gotten offended with you that you're still in a long-term, heartfelt, meaningful relationship with still? 
It just doesn't work. It doesn't happen. Where are they? They're nowhere to be found. I mean, they might smile at you. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, you know, hey, yeah, we're doing great. You know, hey, it's good seeing you, buddy. Ah, the walls have gone up. And it's harder to win a brother over that's been offended than a walled city. Offense can do a lot of damage in relationships. An offense can break people and hurt people. And it can devastate people. So I want to look at some symptoms of being offended or having unforgiveness in your heart. Because, you know, I, I think it's important. Sometimes I, the thing is, is a lot of times we don't realize when we're offended. And so I kind of want to give you some symptoms that maybe might give you an indication of, whoa, maybe I am offended. I didn't think about that. So I want you to ponder these things and, uh, and see that these could be a stumbling block that actually what it's doing is it's preventing you from being healed. It's, it's actually hindering your prayers. And you don't know it. It's hindering your prayers and it's preventing your heart from being healed because you're still holding on to the offense. One of the main signs that you're dealing with uh, an offense or unforgiveness is that you have ongoing anger towards somebody. I mean, you can walk into a room and that person just might happen to be in that room. And as soon as you see them, everything within you gets so angry just being around them. You just don't want to be around them. You don't like them. You smile, but everything within you, oh, just gets irritated, aggravated whenever this person is in your presence. Another sign of, of an offense or unforgiveness is a tendency to keep track or keep score. You're keeping score and you're comparing yourself to others. You're keeping a score of right and wrong. And, you know, when the prodigal son came back uh, and received forgiveness from the father, it was so hard for the older son to embrace the reality that his father would forgive his son because he said, Dad, I've been keeping record of all the things that I've been doing right for you. I've been a good son. I've been taking care of everything. I've been watching over all of the inheritance. And I've been a good boy. And now you're forgiving him who slept with harlots and, and, and got rid of all your money and lost it. And, and basically, he'd been keeping a score, a record. I've been, I've been doing everything right. My brother here, he's, he's a mess. Are you jealous around this person? You know what jealousy really involves? Is called the haves and the have-nots. Those that are jealous struggle with people that have a nice car, that have a lot of money, that have what seems to be success. They have 
good children. They don't seem to misbehave. They have everything going for them. They got the nice job. They got the nice, they got the nice looks. They have looks. It's the haves and the have-nots. You, you want what they have because you're insecure in your own personal life. And instead of being grateful for what you do have, and knowing that what you do have is a blessing from God, and realizing that it has been you've been very entrusted with, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. You know, it's not easy street for those that are have been given much. You think, oh, they got it on easy street. No, they don't. There's a lot required to those that have much. But the reality is, is that we all have to be grateful for what we have in our lives and, and have a heart of gratitude of knowing, well, I might not have six figures like my brother, but what I do have, I am so grateful for it. And in that, a grateful heart really releases the blessings of God for God to do more in your life. It allows God to be a father who loves to give good gifts to his children, to allow him to pour out blessings on your life when you might not have all that those around you do have. But it really, it just it releases the blessings of God on your life when you can be thankful for what you do have. Another way that you know that you've been offended is this, if you rehearse in your mind and you keep talking about this person and what they've done all the time. If that's, you know, if you're driving down the road and all you can do is just, you can't stop thinking about that person and what they've done. You just keep rehearsing it and rehearsing it and rehearsing it instead of releasing it to the Lord. You probably have taken the bait and you probably have been entrapped. It's a choice that we make to not be offended. But forgiveness to a Christian really is not an option. It, it's not an option. We have to surrender our will and, and look at the situation and really say, Lord, forgive them. They really don't know what they're doing. They really don't know what they're doing. So how do I know that I've forgiven someone of an offense? You know, I realize that forgiveness in certain situations can be really hard when there's been hurt, abuse, neglect. Um, but, but we really don't have a choice. But in some ways, making the decision, I choose to forgive, even if you don't feel like it. Because a lot of times, you know, the hurt can be very painful. And you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. Even though I don't feel like it, I'm going to choose to forgive and not get offended at that person for hurting me. Over time, as you're making that choice and you're releasing it to God, He begins to bring healing to the emotions 
and your heart comes in line with with the choice of choosing to forgive and not hold a grudge against them. But you know that you've forgiven somebody and that there is a release of being angry and the right to hold a grudge. You just don't feel angry anymore. And you can walk into the room and you're like, hey, I'm not angry anymore. (laughs) There's just the release of it. And the first thought that you have about them is that you don't want to injure them anymore. (laughs) You want to bless them. You want to bless them. And if it's within your ability and they have a need, you'll actually reach out to them and try to meet their need. Now, I'm not saying you to go back into an abusive situation, but you can actually choose to go back in and help somebody that actually hurts you um, and, and show them that you do love them. And you really, you stop looking at, um, you really stop looking at them to fail. You know, part of us sometimes is hoping for, you know, that person just not to prosper and do well in life. We really want them to fail, but you don't want that anymore. You really want God's best for them. And you choose to bless them and ask God to to really abundantly pour out his love upon them. And, And even if there is consequences that they do suffer from the the things that they've done to you, even if they're suffering the consequences, you don't rejoice over it. You don't rejoice over the evil that's happening. You actually bless them and you want to cover them. So what is ultimately, what is the fruit of forgiveness? How do you know that you're bearing fruit in your life because you're walking unoffended and you're walking in forgiveness. It is simply this, that love can flow from your heart to someone else that has hurt you and offended you. When love can flow from a heart that has been imprisoned because of an offense, See, when we get offended, these bars begin to form around our heart that entrap us in a prison. And and love, unconditional love, is not able to flow out of this prison that you put yourself in. But when you know that you you have repented of your offense and you choose to forgive, you, in effort, or you, in essence, are tearing down these walls that you have formed around your heart. And for the first time, love is able to flow from your heart towards another person that has hurt you. When love flows, you know there's fruit that's coming forth in your own personal life. And you truly are a follower of Jesus. You truly are one that if one slaps you on one cheek, you give him the other cheek. If he takes your cloak, takes your coat, you give him another one. If he says, walk a mile with me, you'll walk two with him. See, the Roman soldiers had it marked out in Israel that the Jews, when a Roman 
came by, a soldier or anybody else, that they were, by law, they were supposed to carry somebody's, um, their stuff for a mile. And Jesus says, okay, if they make you walk one mile, you go two. And that's the fruit of forgiveness. Because you're able to do it without it bothering you. You know, I'm sure a lot of you know this story. It still, it strikes me and it is always very, um, to me, it's always impactful how God changed Corey Tim Boom's heart. Corey Tim Boom um, was a Jew um, and her family uh, that had a, had a business that eventually was raided and her whole family was put into um, a concentration camp. And um, and uh, Corey Timboom was there and saw so much um, abuse and and so much heartache and pain, and she actually witnessed her family um, die through um, horrible things that took place. But there was one man that stood guard over her parents as they were killed in the concentration camp. And this one guard always watched over Corey Timboom. And this individual was not a very kind individual at all. He was very mean. And, and the war ended, and, um, and, and, and all of the Jews were set free from the concentration camps. And, and Corey Timboom became a real champion for forgiveness, one that shared the the loving forgiveness of Jesus wherever she went. And she was at a church and um, she was speaking on forgiveness. And at, at the end of the, of the service, people were coming forward to get prayer uh, in the area concerning forgiveness. And all of a sudden she looked up and there was an individual walking down the middle aisle of the church coming up to get prayer and she looked at him and she could not believe what she saw because it was the prisoner guard that that was overseeing the death of her parents and actually was the guard that was overseeing and watching over her and that guard came walking forward with tears streaming down his eyes and he came right up to her and she felt this coldness, this, you know, everything within her did not want to forgive this prison guard. And he looked at her and he said, would you please forgive me? And I'm just going to read what she wrote. I'm not going to try to even add to it. She says, and I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. And I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. She said, Jesus, help me. I prayed silently. I can lift my hand. She said, I can do that much. But you supply the feeling. And so, woodenly, 
Mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder and it raced down my arm and it sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried with all my heart. For a long moment, she grasped each other's hands. The former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. Later on, she says they just, they just held each other and just wept and cried. But you know what I said earlier? What is the fruit of knowing that you've forgiven somebody? What is the fruit of knowing that you've let go of an offense? Is that love can flow through your heart to that one that has offended you. That is the fruit of one that's been able to walk out forgiveness in a way when they've been set free. You know, it's very difficult for a little mouse to get out of a trap. This hurts. It hurts a little mouse. It hurt my finger. But a lot of times we get trapped, we don't even know it. But having a forgiving heart and forgiving that person that's offended you is releasing the trap so that you can get out, so that you can get free, so you can get healed. And so you can receive the blessings that God has for you. Because one that's been trapped, what it does is it, it shuts down, short circuits your prayer life. You, know, you might be praying about a lot of things. God, I need this. I need your help. Lord, heal this. Do this. Do that. And you're not seeing any activity in your life. Like, God, where are you? Well, could it be that you're offended? Don't take an offense in anything. Why? Lest your ministry, your life, your purpose, and your calling be discredited. And this is good news. Because the good news is that Jesus paid for your debt. The good news is that Jesus paid the debt that you could not pay back. And through his shed blood, if you confess your sin, repent of your offense, he will set you free from the trap and he will release the blessings of God on your life. And the issue is a lot of times the grudge and the offense that we have in our heart, we actually think in our mind, we don't say it out loud, but we think that we're punishing them in some way. But you know, a lot of times the, the, the people that we're offended with, they're going on with their life and everything is just fine. The one that's suffering because of the offense is you. It's not them. It's you. So I want to encourage you this day. If you know that you've, your foot, your finger, whatever got 
set in the trap. Today would be a really good day to get your foot out of the trap. Today would be a really good day to get your finger out of the mousetrap that hurts and find freedom in Jesus and find forgiveness. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand. Stand together. Father, I thank you so much that your word is so clear that forgiveness is the pathway to wholeness and freedom in you. That forgiveness sets us free to be all that you've called us to be. Forgiveness paves the way that we might one day see you face to face in your glory, where we hear from you, well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your good pleasure. And Lord, it's our desire that our sins be forgiven, that they be wiped away, that be no more. But Lord, the prerequisite is that we forgive others first. So Lord, this day we choose to forgive all those that have hurt us and offended us in life. We want to live an offense-free life, God. A life free of all offenses. Set our hearts free, Lord, from any entrapment that we might enter into the blessing that you have for each of us. I thank you, Father, for your word. For your word brings life and it brings healing to our souls. So, Lord, I'm asking today if there be anyone that has gone through emotional pain and hurt because of an offense. Lord, I don't minimize that in one bit. But I ask today, Lord Jesus, that you would heal every heart in this place. Jesus, I ask that you would heal those that have been broken. And I thank you, Lord, that you're able to put our lives back together. I thank you, Lord, that you're able to do the impossible. So release the blessing on this house, Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.